1: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. OutKick 360
2: rolls on across the OutKick network. WWE SummerSlam streaming this Saturday live on Peacock and from right here in OutKick's backyard, Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Nashville. We've got Brock Lesnar facing Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal WWE Championship in the Last Man Standing match. Pat McAfee, friend of the show, takes on Happy Corbin. Liv Morgan against Ronda Rousey for the women's title. The Miz is with Logan Paul, and there's many more, including our next guest. The original bro, Riddle, facing Seth Rollins this Saturday. What's up, bro? How are you, man?
3: What's up, dude? Thanks for having me, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on.
2: Nashville is excited for Saturday night. Um, th- This is the first major event at Nissan Stadium involving the WWE. It's going to be cool.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're excited. The fans, the WWE Universe is pretty excited. I think Nashville should get ready because people don't understand, like, these events for WWE, they're, like, many Super Bowls, you know, except WrestleMania. That's like the Super Bowl. But SummerSlam, Nashville's going to be overrun by the WWE Universe, and it's going to be insane. I can't wait. It's always a good time at the show, after the show, before the show. So I'm just stoked to, you know, it's SummerSlam season, bro.
2: Man, you, uh I've, I've followed you for a while. You fought in the UFC. Uh, you're <laughs> a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Well, uh, I'm only went, a
3: two, I'm only a two stripe brown belt. I'll be getting the black belt soon. I've been teaching and training, but you know, I took a little a little break after the UFC. Okay. So,
2: well, I mean, it, uh, that's nothing to sneeze at here. If we're being honest, I, uh,
3: I've, I've I've beaten many black belts in the <laughs> UFC. And at the UFC, people have said I'm a black belt, but yeah, just I didn't want any false information. I'm I'm just as good.
2: Good. Yeah, the taboo. If you claim to be a black belt and you're not in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I get it, it's man.
3: A thing, it's a thing. They don't like it, so you know.
2: So from, from the independent route after your your MMA career, you uh, you're working in landscaping. You're you're doing some roofing. You, I mean, you know. you know the struggle. And now you're main eventing Raw and SmackDown, and you're over. I mean, it, you have to you know sit back and be like, man. I need to enjoy this because I've reached the level that you you've been trying to obtain.
3: Yes. And I will say I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying it thoroughly. You know, one thing Triple H said is, Hey guys, I know there's a lot going on. You're traveling, you're busy, this, that, you know, life. Try to take it in, try to enjoy every moment because it's not going to last forever. And he's right. It's not. And I've known that even since the UFC days, this doesn't last forever. Your career is like on a stopwatch. It clicks go and eventually it clicks stop and it's over. It's done. You're the neat, you know? Yeah. So, definitely enjoying every second of it. I'm taking advantage of every opportunity I get. There's not a bad day at work for me. I don't care if I'm getting beat up or if I'm beating somebody up, you know, because right now I'm loving life. I'm enjoying myself. I get to be a character on TV. I get to fight three, four times a week and travel the world every every week basically i don't have any breaks and i will say this i'm very popular but i wouldn't say over i mean some people would say over but randy said is I because we came back from the crowd they love us you know they're going crazy and i'm like dude we're over and randy goes we're not over I'm like, what what do you mean and he's like They they like us, but we're not over. He goes, Hulk Hogan was over. Oh, okay. And John Cena's over. He goes, (laughs) we're good. We're not over yet. And I was like, wow. You know, well, that's just like how humble a guy Randy is, you know, and he had to humble me right there, you know.
2: Well, I mean, there's a great example of the abrupt bummer of an injury, right? You're teaming with Randy Orton. You guys, the crowd's liking, you're saying you're not over, but, I mean, you're very popular in the WWE. And then he suffers the the shoulder injury, a legitimate injury, uh, that has him out for a while, and now you're back working singles matches uh, like this like this Saturday against, against Rollins. That sucks because I know that you feel like you're working towards a plan, and while you may not know the end goal, you know the results in the moment and then the abrupt change, and you're off on a different course.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I'm always this kind of guy. You know, I seem pretty optimistic and I am, but at the same time, I always play worst case scenarios. And every time I go out there, I play the scenario of me either getting hurt or my partner or whatever happening. Because say even if Seth got hurt now, I wouldn't have an opponent at SummerSlam, right? And certain things change and the the thing is, especially in professional wrestling, it's really right place, right time, consistency, and durability. You know, if you it's it's a it's a it's a rough job if you're not adequate or built for it. You know, but uh, but yeah, you know, and these things happen. And I definitely miss Randy. Love that guy. He's great. But uh, I know he'll be back, and uh, I'm gonna do my thing. You know, even when we first started teaming up, he was out for a little bit at the beginning for a couple months, you know, and uh, kept RK bro going this time. I think it's going to be a little longer, but uh, I think when he comes back, people will be very excited.
2: I don't think it's any secret. It took a while for guys to to warm up to you a bit. Right. You feel like you've you've turned the corner. Uh, Randy's probably a good example of that.
3: Uh, yeah, Brandy definitely didn't like me when he first met me. Uh, most people, uh, I say it's a 50-50 split. When you first meet me, you're usually going like, to be like, oh, that guy's pretty cool. Like Pat McAfee, we met. He was, Dude, We second we met, we were bros. You know, he's a bro, I'm a bro, stallion. You guys can do it. We get it, right? But the other people, like the tribal chief, not so much. <laughs> Rob, not so much. Uh, Seth. Not so much. You know, these are certain people that, uh, really don't and didn't like me. And, uh, I don't know if they like me as a person, but I think after working with me and being in the ring with me and seeing what I'm about, uh, they all respect me for sure. And they all appreciate me and they all know I'm, I'm definitely there. You know, I'm not one of those guys that dials it in. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to make people care. And, uh, that's what I do, and that's I think that's what we all do at a certain level. You know, we got to yeah. make people care about what we do, and uh, I do that well. So well,
2: Seth, Seth recently said uh, that he's looking forward to seeing something original with you uh, now that Orton is injured. But I mean, I'm reading that, and I thought uh, this this guy is very original. I mean, Riddle is legitimately your last name, for instance. Like that, there are things about the the gimmick that are not gimmicky with you um based on your you're playing yourself and cranking it up to 11.
3: yeah you know like I mean I fought in the UFC you know i pretty uh, <laughs> I'm pretty good i didn't I didn't go out losing you know uh yeah man I mean I think I bring a lot to the table I think my past brings a lot to the table you know I think it all plays little things into my character and my story kind of like randy and, you know I think uh, a lot of times you know, there's you got those John Cena's, somebody who's just so perfect. But it's sometimes it's nice and refreshing to see somebody have success that's not perfect. You know, and I don't think I'm perfect. I think I'm good. I think I'm all right. But I think for humanity, you know, I think it's nice to see just like not somebody that's flawless making it. You know because you know i've had like getting fired from the ufc and stuff like that and having dana white talk all that trash about me and then now it's like dude you're on SummerSlam, you're main eventing all these like tv shows and you're done this and that you're on the jimmy fallon show jimmy fallon show the other day like i'm just and like and my schedule's crazy i'm flying everywhere i've been to the crown Judge in saudi like a bunch of times like it's just It's crazy, you know? And I, like, think about it. I was just some guy that got fired, like, a bunch of years ago because something, you know, whatever. I don't really want to get into it. It doesn't matter anymore. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome.
2: I think people from the WWE with us. He takes on Seth Rollins this Saturday at SummerSlam. Hey, uh, uh, on the way out, everyone uh, that's familiar with WWE knows you work barefoot. I mean, there's no secret there. You flip off your shoes in a way where, uh, I would describe it as you're doing almost a toe touch and a jump and the flip flops fly. Ha- have, has anyone caught friendly fire when you do that?
3: So one time, one time, uh, is this was back when I was still in NXT, you know, and we were doing a house show. So the guardrails are a little closer to the ring. Okay. And, uh, I kicked, kicked off the flops, and usually they go over the top rope and float down. Well, for some reason, the left foot, it, it flew off sooner, and it kind of darted out the bottom rope and the middle rope. In between there, and there was an elderly woman oh, sitting yeah. in front row, and it cracked her right in the face and broke her glasses. And I felt so bad because she couldn't see the match, and I broke her glasses and I, I i usually security they they take my flip flops from the fans that day they let oh, you them get back. them back yeah i get them both because they're they're hard to come by those flops you know? <laughs> this ain't a john cena sweatband you okay. know <laughs> premium flops bro you can get them on wwe shop <laughs> uh, but This flop cracked this elderly lady, broke her glasses. And she was a good sport about it. But uh, I let her keep the flip flops. I was like, do you want to keep them? I'm so sorry. And, you know, she kept them. I brought the action to the outside, gave, gave the guy some hits in front of her, you know, get her into the action, you know. I felt bad. But, yeah, that's probably, like, the worst one I've seen in person. And then one time I was in England at Wembley Arena, and I kicked my flops off. And I went to the back, and they weren't there. And I was like, security, did you guys get my flip-flops? They're like, oh, no, you kicked them too far. And I'm like, those are my only flip-flops. And it's like downpouring rain in London, England, and I have no shoes, nothing. And then I send out a tweet being like, hey, please, if you have my flip-flops, give them to security. I don't have any other shoes. And luckily, Twitter helped. Security helped. They made an announcement, too. But they didn't make an announcement to (laughs) later. kind of sucked, but I eventually got both my flip-flops back.
2: You can see Riddle this Saturday, SummerSlam right here in Nashville and streaming live on Peacock. Hey, man, good to catch up with you. Um, Good to have you back in Nashville and WWE bringing SummerSlam to Nissan Stadium. Can't wait for this, and uh, we'll catch up soon.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, man. It was a pleasure, and uh, thanks for listening to my stories. I appreciate it.
2: We'll get you on again soon, man. There's uh, there's riddle and uh, more coming after yeah. our SummerSlam discussion. More with Outkick 360 next across the Outkick Network.
1: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
2: Glad you're with us as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Our thanks to Riddle for joining us. That We had that conversation last week, um, what, 24 hours prior to the Vince McMahon news that he was retiring, and then all of the craziness from the weekend. Uh, But this weekend, WWE hits Nashville. Our thanks to Riddle for the time. And uh, we hope to catch up with uh, more guests this coming week. Also this week, NFL training camps getting underway. A lot of pressers will take place between now and Wednesday morning as coaches will set the agenda and answer all of the off-season storylines going into the first practice of the 2022 NFL slate. And there has been a lot of movement. It has been an, an, an NFL off-season of change from players and coaches either on new teams being uh, via trades or uh, all of the litigation that has been going on in courtrooms instead of on the field itself. Now we get to back, back to the, the ball aspect of, of the NFL. And there are plenty of things to keep an eye on as all of the teams will be underway by the middle portion of this week.
4: I I think, you know, as as much as Chad said earlier, you know, the elements of practice that matter less and less, there are some very intriguing storylines going on. Um, For me, and it's one that we've talked about a lot this offseason that, that set itself up kind of over the course of the offseason. The one that I'm most interested in um, pertains to three quarterbacks that are in prove-it seasons. Tua Tungavaloa, uh Zach Wilson, Jalen Hurts. They've had things set up around them. They've had additions made to their offensive lines, to their receiving cores. They've got um, – uh, two of them have uh, – Coaches that are new to relatively new. And and this is it for them in terms of proving that they can be the guy to lead their teams forward or their teams are probably going to have to start to look elsewhere. Philadelphia and Miami are set up to go get replacements. Zach Wilson's on a team that's constantly churning. Um, are these guys legit or not? I, I suspect the answer on all three may be no, but. They've set up, <laughs> as is always the case, Hutt, uh, they've done a wonderful job setting up hope. And and this is legitimate hope. There are legitimate weapons. I mean, you're talking about getting A.J. Brown in Philadelphia, who's a big-time guy. You're talking about getting Tyreek Hill, who is a friggin' magical player. Um, and, and in Zach Wilson's case, you're talking about one of the best drafts we've seen out of the Jets in a long time where they're really – Got some some great-looking young players. These are three legitimate uh, off-seasons for three legitimate teams. Now let's see what the quarterbacks can do.
0: See, I'll add on to that quarterback list you just had. I'm most interested in watching the second-year guys. Zach Wilson, you had on yours is one of them. But go down the list. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. I mean, is Trey Lance due for a breakout year? Even though there's been a lot of skepticism around him with that offense, with that coaching, Davis Mills, who by the end of the year statistically, Had a you look at QBR finish. was better than all the guys that were rookies uh, in, in with the Texans. Mac Jones is he overrated for what he did in year one with that great defense for New England when they were having success? I think a seven game win streak at one point for Mac Jones. I'm very interested to see. What we think of those guys now, we know what we think of them now. What are we saying about those one, two, three, four, five, six guys after a year two, and how are we
2: ranking them? I'm fascinated to watch that unfold. Well, the New England's on my list because of the it's a good one. The secrecy that they're going about this, the new coaches. This is Mac Jones's team now. Make no mistake about it. Last year, as a rookie, you know you're looking around and you're looking for ways that they're going to prop him up going into year two now a a year of a full season starting and you know as early or as late as november of last year he was on a team that many were comparing to the uh, the the team that that brady was a part of for the first full season so um high expectations for mac jones with a coaching staff that a lot of people are raising an eyebrow too, despite Belichick putting it together. You know, you look at the guys that, that they're having on offense, and their backgrounds are either on special teams or defense. With Joe Judge and Matt Patricia splitting time coaching the offense in various ways. One guy's helping with the run game. The other guy's helping the pass game. Someone's got to call plays. Uh, and even though they're not naming a defensive coordinator, we know Belichick has a, a, a huge role in all of that, despite uh, what it may say next to a coach's name on paper. Uh, point being, massive year for Mac Jones with that coaching staff, and then Trevor Lawrence in year number two, actually having a coach that we expect to make it through the season uh, without, you know, pulling the trigger on himself, so to speak, and and, and bailing out via parachute, um, despite the the efforts of the ownership trying to have his back. We know how things ended uh, with Urban Meyer. It should be a lot different with Doug Peterson, and if if Trevor Lawrence is the second coming of Andrew Luck, the the next surefire thing to Andrew Luck, where a year and a half in advance of the draft, we knew he was going to be the top pick as long as he was healthy. He needs to take his game up to a completely other level than what we've seen from year number one rookie Trevor Lawrence. So I'm I'm watching both aspects there. Second biggest thing. One thing about the
4: Patriots, it's going to be very result-driven, right? We're not going to get answers about who's coaching what. Or, or any of that, all that's going to remain shrouded in mystery. The answer about how effective it is is going to come in the win-loss win and loss column. Well, uh, yeah. Unlike most teams where we would gradually find out some stuff. We're not but going this to find is, out.
2: This is more than just win-loss column. This is about championships. This is, is New well, England. Well, they're not going to
4: win a championship this year, but maybe they get themselves back on course. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Well, they were on course last year. I mean, they had a On a top- better course. They had a top two defense and a run game that could go out and win games, and then they got boat raced in the pl- in the playoffs by Buffalo, and, that, and they played Buffalo three times, and twice, uh, Mac Jones is a non-factor. Yep. one was a run uh, where they were going to run it because of the wind, and then the playoff loss. Buffalo just was superior, and they they were crushed in that that playoff loss on the road. I think even My if things is, go
4: well for them, they're not on pace with Buffalo by any means.
2: Well, it, this, is about, this is about contending for the AFC and contending for that division. New England's not far off. Like, if, you, if we did a straw poll of the media, it's not like many are predicting them a distant third to Buffalo. You know, they're, they're right there in the number two spot, and the question is, is Miami or New York going to potentially catch them and battle for number two instead of battling for number three, which is what those two teams have been doing? if New England's going to get back up in that upper mold, upper echelon where they're going to be contending against Buffalo, this is a critical year for them offensively because defensively, they are extremely consistent. They were a top two scoring defense in the NFL last year, second only to Buffalo. And we expect the players that were there uh, that played a big role in that to return and and like the Matthew Judon's to have the same type of effect. They don't have JC Jackson anymore, but they've gone the path of what they traditionally do, which is let their big time players go and they replace them through their own way. They have not drafted nearly as well in recent years, um, especially the, the 2019 draft, which is the Nikhil Harry draft. And they just traded him away for practically nothing. They've gone the route of free agency and they've gone the route. And that was last year. They've gone the route of a trade this year, to help bolster the offensive talent. But I, I think, in the overall big picture, this is a big year for them to do more than just win some games that keeps them in contention. This is, this is about uh, all the, the, the media that said, oh, give Belichick time to, to really determine if this is, you know, if, if it's Brady or Belichick. Well, I mean, how much time are you going to give him with a quarterback that's proven he can be your down in, down out guy? and a defense that's really good, championship-level good, and a run game that's adequate enough to be consistently good on a weekly basis, at some point, you got to take another step forward. And their their option, their choice, was to go with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as their offensive coaches. That deserves a clear uh, analysis and study this year. And it starts through the first part of the preseason with what they're going to be doing, which is going to be bland. But I don't, I don't anticipate um, the second-year quarterbacks sitting out all of the preseason like we would see with some vets.
4: No, oh, some of them need to play, for you gotta sure. you got to get some reps going. I, I was super critical of the Patriots winning free agency last year. And Matthew Judon was excellent. But the two big offensive additions, Henry, uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, did not do a lot to me. Does that second year
2: of those Friday. guys,
4: yeah, we talked about it last I, week. I
2: pointed this out. They they have got to get the Pro Bowl status back up. Hunter Henry was well, hurt a couple different times last Johnny year. Johnny Smith's a slow Johnny learner. Johnny Smith, he's got, to, he's got to hit at the, the rate that they pay him. He
4: was a slow learner here. I know he's more uh, much more of an adult now, but let's chalk it up, say, to slow learning the new system. Second year should be much better, and yeah. they're not good at wide receiver. So they're going to be a two tight team. Uh, can Mac Jones be relying on those two tight ends? If not, they really busted on that. Not with Judon, but uh, maybe with those two tight ends who they paid a bleep load of money to. Well, That's they, going to be a big key.
0: It remains me be seen. They may have busted with their quarterback too yeah. if he's not able to do anything.
4: And before very we go, very
0: intriguing team. Before we go and bear the Patriots, I mean, they went to Buffalo a year ago. I know it was weird circumstances with that win game. They won. They were six and two on the road. Last season, and only a game back in that division. Now, you look at the division Bills 11 and 6, Patriots 10 and 7, Dolphins 9 and 8, all one game apart at the top. But crazier things have happened. I'm not burying Patriots. I look the Patriots. at both rosters also. I'm, I'm talking to Paul. Uh, yeah, I'm Paul's out. burying them. I'm saying you look at those rosters, and I'd be quick to say, well, yeah, the Bills should easily win that yeah, it's division. It's a coaching thing. I would have said that last year, too. It's a coaching <laughs> and thing. And the Patriots almost had them and one in Buffalo in the regular season. Yes. Well, here's what
4: I expect from Buffalo this year, and I know they're going to be 90% of people are going to pick the Bills to win the AFC, probably win the Super Bowl. It's going to be as heavy as it's been since Kansas City's prime. Kansas City's probably dipping with Tyreek Hill in terms of the picks. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo's going to be a very, very strong Super Bowl pick this year. I I just think – I don't think whatever Belichick's got up his sleeve, and I don't like what he's done with these coordinators and everything, is going to be enough to make up for the talent gap. And Buffalo's very talented.
0: I, I just think that you could still make the claim, even if it works out to whatever extent working out is for this, I still think you're just being overly cute. Yes. Unnecessarily I think even if it works out, cute. you could just say, okay, well, someone's calling the plays. You could have said it. I, I get that Bill Belichick has earned the right to do whatever the hell he wants at any time as a coach. But you're being unnecessarily cute at this point
2: yes. by going about it this way. I think
4: way. we'd all agree on that.
2: But he's Belichick. Maybe it works. The The other storyline, which we're not going to see much of in the preseason, but it's worth following, is it, all four teams in the AFC West have massive storylines at the quarterback position, either based on offseason acquisition or the new player that's now running the show. Russell Wilson – is not going to get many preseason game snaps. The same for Patrick Mahomes. Although Mahomes did demand that he wanted to play the final preseason game last year, he didn't play very long.
4: Justin Herbert either probably, Uh, right?
2: Justin Herbert does not need to be playing in the preseason. And the same goes for Derek Carr and Devontae Adams uh, in the preseason. But all all of those quarterbacks either have brand new systems and coaches and they're on a new team, or – They are on a team that has been bolstered by the offseason acquisitions of players around them, and that counts the defenses, too, that have been bolstered. Uh, The Chargers are going to be extremely heralded as the most improved team from last year to this year, and rightfully so. Uh, Meanwhile, you've got Denver, who had a top seven defense last year. They return all three of their starters at wide receiver, and they've just traded for Russell Wilson, which many would say is a top five trade of NFL-caliber history if you just start ranking the biggest trades and the biggest names and the positions involved. That being said, Vegas gets Josh McDaniels away from New England, and they now have Devontae Adams as the number one option for Derek Carr, along with Hunter Renfro. Waller is it tied in. Josh Jacobsville slided because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so he's in a contract year, which I love. There are reasons to like Vegas and... There are the reasons to point to Kansas City for consistency, but yet here is some interesting storyline, given the fact that we did not see the best football played from Kansas City in their last chance out there. I mean, Cincinnati made them look very average.
4: And Tyreek Hill is a massive play.
2: And, hit, and with, with Hill not there, <laughs> what does that mean for the coverages for Kelsey um, and how they've replaced him through the draft and through free agency, replacing Hill, I'm saying. Uh, which you can't replace him, but the players that they've brought in, can they run the same style and the same system and can the enemy get the same type of results? Or does it need to be more intermediate type routes and more emphasis on the run game? Not, Not a total switch on how they go about doing things, but it can't always be the magic show that it sometimes turns into, which is all fun and they have a ton of success. But at some point, you start looking at results in the division, and we think the, the division itself is caught up with Kansas City more than it is Kansas City backsliding. And then you also have some great teams and situations across the AFC where while Kansas City's been in the AFC championship game in recent memory, and they've played for the Super Bowl uh, a couple of times in recent memory, this is an interesting mix and match considering you've got enemy back, and it feels like for the final season— in many ways, based on the, are they going to bring him back, are they not, and they finally decided to late in the offseason process. Um, you've got the, the situation with Hill, but also just the way that Mahomes played in that final game against Cincy in the, the AFC Championship game was not good. It was among his, it was the worst games we've ever seen him play, and now he's in a division that's much tougher.
4: If those teams stay healthy, which is our ca- caveat for everything, the two or three who get in the playoffs may only get one home playoff game. Because yep. sh- I can't imagine anybody's going six and oh, 5 and one. Uh, heck, four and two would be a good accomplishment in that division. You're beating each other up, um, and those are going to be some great divisional games. But uh, I find it hard to believe that the AFC's best team record-wise, uh, nobody's getting a buy out of that. The buy out of that division, I wouldn't think, and I think it'd be hard to be number two in the AFC coming out of that division. Again, another another thing that looks like advantage bills, um, or the Titans or the Colts. If one of them really take off, um, or you know, if Baltimore rebounds big or Cincinnati has a, another good year, I think their divisions are more they're more bottom feeders uh, out of those things, um, much more so than in that division.
0: I can't help but feel a little bit robbed when there's one division every so often that seems to be so dominant. <laughs> And you've got that this year. I like it when it's spread out a little bit more evenly across divisions with the top two teams or so in each division being really good. But that is a dominant division this year. I don't think there's any fun. way around it. Crazy things can happen, but looking at it right now, it's it's going to be a fun one to watch. I,
4: I hate when I'm on board with the hype, but I find it hard to think the Bills aren't going to be really good. I was on the Chargers. Hutton and I both were last year and they came up short, but I like what they've done um, in the offseason. It's hard for me not to like the Chargers this year. I'm trying to talk myself out of being too on board with those teams because I think everybody's going to be on board with both of those teams. But I, I'm going to like both those teams a lot going into this season.
2: And it, the, the storyline that may, um, you know, we're, we're going to discuss it a lot, but it may be overlooked a bit because you know we just haven't you look at their roster and you think well they they're baltimore they're going to be they're going to be in position to compete in that afc north but lamar jackson what's that
4: they were just a mess last year i mean well, forget how beaten up they were that's why they yeah. were so bad
2: oh and they were 8 and 3 they were 8 and 3 and then they lost six straight games to finish the season had when no lamar jackson went out their Lamar's running game was completely uh, cut out i feel like the covid rules played a factor in one of those weeks for them Um, they're they're a team that I look at with Lamar Jackson back and two of their running backs, I believe started on PUP officially JK Dobbins and uh, Gus Edwards, I believe are both on the physical and able to perform list to begin camp. Um, They, they need uh, a great start to get right back on track to where they were, but the storyline is going to be the Lamar Jackson contract and what happens with the negotiations or lack thereof because it's really on him to spur that discussion
4: and things line up so nicely for him. Look, you got Cleveland with the Deshaun Watson isn't going to be there for, we imagine at least half a season. Pittsburgh is in rebuilding mode for the first time ever, because the quarterback's not going to be good. Um, and Cincinnati I think could be very good, but the, the defending, champion of the of the conference that doesn't win the Super Bowl never does as well so they'd have to break that long-standing streak to be back there so I mean it's wide open for a great bounce back for Baltimore who is always a good team I mean last year was the fluke Baltimore's always right in the thick of
2: it yeah
4: I don't like it
2: and their their schedule is very intriguing and I realize you can th- – there are starts to a season that look tough and they end up not being tough, but you can just look at this. So the first game of the year, it's Baltimore at the Jets. So you get Zach Wilson starting year number two with some off-season additions to what they've done against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson's first game back this year. Uh, they then it's host been a big
0: off-season for Zach Wilson too.
2: <laughs> that, yeah. <And> then <laughs> they, they, very they, eventful. They then host um, Miami – in the second game from Mike McDaniel and, and Tua Tagovailoa. So two of those
4: teams that are figuring things out.
2: They then go on the road against New England, another team that's likely figuring Beatable. things out. They then host Buffalo, and then they host Cincinnati. So they get the Bills and the Bengals back-to-back. I and mean, it's early. Um, early. It could be 3-2. And, and they're two? getting Cleveland late in their schedule when Watson could be back. So it's a it's a – and they get Pittsburgh late in their schedule too. So it, it's a – Fascinating start based on the storylines that the Ravens will be facing with their own major storyline of getting Lamar Jackson back healthy. I think a lot of people
4: year. will be hot on the Ravens with the bounce back and just because they're always good. I mean, Harbaugh is, is a great yes. coach, and um, you don't see many well, they're also, the Ravens
2: are consistently good teams. They're also uh, starting uh, over on, on defense. New coordinator. Wink yeah. Martindale's not there. Which was
4: weird because uh, last year's problems were not on Wink Martindale. I think that was a surprising firing.
2: So there's there's Baltimore. Um, you brought up Cincy. Uh, Zach Taylor. I like Cincinnati. Zach Taylor said the biggest the biggest thing he's going to have to figure out on how to address with his team. And I I you know I, I admit I raised a bit of an eyebrow to it. It was like, what is it going to be like knowing we're not going to catch anyone by surprise? And I do think there was a sense of uh, of them doing that to some degree last year. Yeah,
4: nobody believes in the Bengals. But
2: but you I, I mean. You watch that team play, and how do you not believe in in Chase and Burrow? Like, But they were still putting up record-type numbers as a duo uh, late in that season and going into the postseason run. So uh, here's Cincy trying to run it back and get back to the AFC Championship game, get back to the Super Bowl run, knowing that they have the pieces in place to do so, knowing they did did it last year without protecting their quarterback and they have overhauled that offensive line that's properly. That's the
4: biggest thing. And
2: uh, and now they they feel more secure in their QB play because he's not going to be under duress so they much. Did However, as well
4: to address a the problem there. Is Taylor.
2: Anywhere. Taylor's like, "Look guys, like we're not going to catch anyone by surprise and I've got to address that with the team and get them ready for that because we were, you know, we were doing the hunting last year and that's just not going to be the case. We can't expect that we're going around the league and we're now the the team that's bridging the schedule for a team that's facing a tough stretch and they've got Cincinnati in the middle of it.
4: They've got to resolve things with Jesse Bates. I don't imagine a guy's holding out because of what it costs, but it's hanging over their heads.
0: I, I totally understand what Zach Taylor is saying with that because it's easy to sell, hey, let's go make history. We've not been anything here yet. Let's Let's go prove everyone wrong. We got a chip on our shoulder. No one believes us. To transition to, we belong. We are the big boys. Come give us your best shot, and we're still gonna we're still gonna make it happen. But that's that's the step when you've got the young franchise quarterback. You must transition to being that team and being comfortable in that role, where suddenly Cincinnati is a draw because people want to see Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So when you come to town. Th- th- Not that you overlook teams NFL, but you know what I'm saying. The national spotlight's going to be on you more. People are going to care about what you're doing. It's not going to be some plucky, upstart, fun story for everyone. You're going to be a team that people start to hate. And you got to get to that level if you're going to hang around for a while. I'm not
4: dismissing a healthy Cincinnati with Joe Burrow at quarterback. But I'm sure they were having the exact same conversation about Dan Marino the year after they went to the Super Bowl early with him. Patrick and Mahomes of the Chiefs. Never again.
0: I mean, go down there. There's guys currently in the league that you had to have that conversation. Went from surprising people with how good we were to now you're the hunted. Now you're a team that everyone across the league is circling that game because you're the Bills. We haven't mentioned Or a good example now we too with Josh Allen.
4: One uninteresting team here is a really. Interesting season, I think. Lots
2: well, of good I mean, lines. the other storyline that is being really underplayed is Aaron Rodgers going for a three-peat at MVP. MV three-peat is what they're calling it. And if so, I would not count it out because of if they get results with the offensive talent they have around him right now, He's going be to be doing among a their better hit. job there. Yes, uh, but think about the the storyline there of a three time, three straight MVP caliber seasons uh, on what could be the final year of him. Period. I mean, it, it's his, Christian his Watkins career.
4: and Sammy uh, <laughs> Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins.
2: Yes,
0: with
4: it's not him. the best group of receivers he's had, and he's never no. had great receivers. It'd yeah. also
0: be crazy if he does have the three peat and they don't win one Super Bowl in that three peat. Yeah. That's if right. that happens, too. Well,
4: here's a name for you on that team. Rich Basace. Because their special teams have sucked. And he's making $2 million a year for their special teams not to
2: suck. Well, they lost that game to San Francisco.
4: Largely. In Locked the pod. divisional
2: round because of the special teams. What a gig. in the snow. What a gig. $2 million a year to coach special teams somewhere. What was he making in Vegas last year?
0: I don't know, but I would bet not $2 million. That is good work if you can get it. Become such wow. a special teams guru, you make $2 million a year? Well,
2: he missed not out, bad. though. He missed out. It's not a bad. Um, it sucks, though, for him because he'd be making four-plus as a head coach, yes. or should yeah. be. And he this did well, a hell of a job. What
0: was John John Gruden making? <laughs> he took 10. over for yeah. Not that he's going to make John Gruden money if he gets the job. But well, he, he, he should was be doing, making
2: Vrabel money of last year, which yes, is $4 million. He, he
0: was doing John Gruden's job, is my point, and didn't get a chance to do it full-time and make more money.
2: Hit us up with your thoughts and storylines of emphasis as we begin training camp. We, we are Trust us, we're just getting started on the NFL discussion this week. There are plenty of storylines. Paul said there's not an uninteresting team that we've talked about. Um, you could say that throughout uh, division by division, which we'll be previewing throughout the week. Um, there are uh, only, what, I, maybe we could count on one hand the amount of teams, the, the number of teams that are not interesting whatsoever in the league as we start this season. And we'll probably add three or four more by the end of September. But in large part, based on the fact that we have seven teams per conference that get into the playoffs now, every team's relevant in, in the first on of opening December. Day, can I give you one's one? completely relevant? Every to start. team should irrelevant. be I don't care about it all. Every no. when, team, when we come back. Every team should be relatively one, interesting <laughs> by December, other than the five teams or so that I think we can list off that won't be. And they I think they've admitted it based on their off seasons. Um, we'll get that coming up, plus uh, full previews throughout the week and what to watch for tonight, leading in tomorrow's show. That's next, and now kick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America
4: can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer
2: to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power
0: to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of
4: America and a member FDIC.
2: Glad you're with us. Monday edition here on Outkick 360. Hutton, Withrow, and Koharski with you. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. More NFL discussion coming up tomorrow. Uh, Plenty there. Uh, Plus, we'll hit the other headlines. Plenty of baseball tonight. Everyone back from the All-Star break, which is very short-lived. And uh, now we get to see Yankees and Mets a little bit later. Tough. You don't want to lose the Subway Series. Braves are playing who now after the the Angels? uh, Philly. Oh. Start with uh,
0: with Philly. I, I am interested to see what goes down this... Trading deadline for Major League Baseball. Because I think there's going to be some huge moves. Paul, you uh, pumped up about the chance of Soto being a Yankee?
4: I, I'll take whoever we can get. <laughs> but we need some middle relief more than anything right now. And, and Joey Gallo's got to be cut. They've got to replace him.
0: I'm out to dinner in Nebraska on Friday night. Looked out on my phone just checking the Brave score. And I see the uh, they got to Otani late. It was scoreless in the seventh. And it went winning 7 nothing or 7-1. Then I look at the score right below it, and I see at the time, twenty-seven to five, Blue Jays over the Ooh. Red Sox, and went on to be twenty-eight to five.
2: Those Inside three the games, Grand Slam too. Red so Sox
4: suck, right? I now. don't
0: have, I don't know the exact run differential, but the run differential of the three games, for the Red Sox in this series, the worst run differential since eighteen ninety nine. Oh. The Cleveland Spiders, <laughs> the Spiders of Cleveland. Tyler, our resident Cleveland fan, I'm sure knows all the great history of that Cleveland Spiders organization. That's the last time it's been that bad.
2: Our thoughts are with the family of Mark Howard, uh, who passed away uh, this weekend at the age of 65, longtime host here in Nashville, um, and uh, a longtime uh, journalist for News Channel 5 for uh, sports and went on to do some great things in the morning drive. Uh, with the wake-up zone here in town. We worked with Mark for over a decade um, and uh, certainly worked with him for longer than that in various roles and positions. And uh, we were sad with the news this weekend that he had passed away at the age of 65.
4: Really uh, instrumental in giving me my start uh, in radio. I started making – Uh, regular appearances with the wake-up zone and then more and more regular i was on three hours a week with them three three different mornings a week somebody kindly sent me a picture way back at the old studio when we were all just getting started uh laughing hysterically with with mark um sad really sad only 65 um has a son, two sons, um, and uh, leaves, leaves them behind. We're told memorial service, public memorial service coming in Nashville in a month or six weeks. Um, and uh, we hope to be able to be at that. And I know a lot of you want to be there. He's a big part of a lot of lives in Nashville. Did a lot for me, did a lot for Nashville.
0: Yeah, he, he was a sports encyclopedia. Mark probably would have known that Cleveland Spiders stat yes. that I just threw out uh, about the Red Sox this past weekend. If not, it was
2: on page 13.
0: Yeah, he was a, a hard worker when it came to his job. Always very nice. I always remember getting a Father's Day text from Mark Howard yep. for the group, group for any, any father of in the group, which... Uh, said a lot about him. A great dad, and will definitely be missed by certainly his family, but everyone in the sports community.
4: The guy told the guy who was a, a Pro Bowl tight end that he could walk him into the ground. He did. Then pulled the muscle while he failed to walk him into the ground. He did
2: not walk him into the ground. Classic Nashville rating. Um, coming up tomorrow, we'll get into the irrelevant teams. There's not many of them across the NFL, and we'll continue to preview training camps which are getting going across the nfl on outkick 360
4: box don't block the box lucky lock